quick announcement to say that my workshop is now sold out. That's this Saturday, July 6th, uh, Heels Overhead at the Elba Room. You can join the waitlist, which is, means that it's free to join the waitlist. If people drop out, you get emailed to say that you're now in the workshop and then you can choose to pay and join the workshop then. So everything else in this podcast is true. <laughs> but the uh, bit about my workshop having availability is false because I recorded this on Monday, it's now Thursday, and uh, yeah, it's sold out. So, how are you doing? This is Kevin, this is the Yoga Life Podcast. If you didn't know, if you do know, thanks for coming back and listening, wherever you are, wherever you may be doing. This podcast is sponsored by Om Apparel and Small Changes. Om Apparel are men's clothing company that want to encourage more fellas to do yoga. Like me, maybe like you, maybe like someone you love. All their gear is derived from eco-friendly sources. It's blue sign certified, if you didn't know, because that's the first time I've said that, to minimize the environmental impact throughout their production process. So it's all sustainable recycled fabrics and their gear looks good too, which is important because uh, if you want to move and you want to move on and off the mat, be comfortable reduce your carbon footprint and uh, look good while doing it check out om if you go to their website om.com forward slash hashtag t-o-a-l-p and you put in the promo code kevin when you get to checkout you get 15 percent off that's on all gear apart from clearance items so it's om o-h-m-m-e.com forward slash hashtag t-y-l-p as in the yoga live podcast pick out your clubber put in your promo code my name which is kevin and uh, that's it, you get 15% off, which is kushdi. Right, next we have small changes. What are they? What does that mean? Organic, eco-friendly, plant-based, whole foods and products, refills and juice bar. All of that with a zero waste ethos. Based here in Dublin, Ireland, Drumcondra D9. That's on the north side. They're opening another place closer to my home. If you didn't know that already, I'm like telling everyone. Um, but they don't do an online offering. So you've got to go in there and actually see human beings. Yeah, and maybe even have a face-to-face conversation. <laughs> Yikes. And pick out your um, your fruit, your veg, your household items. I, I get my refills and my laundry detergent from there. Get everything from there, basically. Um, apart from my almond butter or almond butter, I get that elsewhere until small changes stock it. So fingers crossed they do soon. Anyway, this uh, episode is with Jenny Keane. You may or may have not heard the first one I did with her, which was episode five. If you did entitled Yoni Massage, Womb Yoga and Moon Cycles. I haven't decided what I'm going to title this one yet. I've got to do that now in a moment. But um, Jenny's back. Jenny's back with a bang, thank God, because um, there's no one like her in, in Dublin, on well, in, in the world, obviously, but... Uh, she's she's phenomenal. I spent most of the weekend with her at the teacher training in Yoga Hub, and um, she did a closing ceremony, and I nearly cried. Nearly. <laughs> what is it with this eye contact crime thing? But she's just phenomenal and uh, great personality, and she's a real got real spirit about her. So I hope you enjoy this podcast, and if you do, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with your friends, friends on Instagram. Uh, for me, a little bit of housekeeping before I put Jenny on with you guys, and that is my handstand workshop. There are three spaces left. 
this is this Saturday, that's July 6th in the Elbe Room. And the other thing I have on this month is July 27th, which is also Saturday. That is at 3 p.m. in Yoga Hub, Castle Knock, which is a yoga teacher training open day. If you're thinking about becoming a yoga teacher, you want, you've got a few questions and you uh, would like to start in September as a 10-month course, come along uh, Saturday 27th and ask your questions. It's free, you know, just to meet maybe fellow trainees that you might be on the course with and um, see what you think. So that's it. That's uh, without further ado, here's Jenny. You're psyched oh, up. Mm. You want to do an um? Huh? Do you want to do um? Yeah, we do. Just do one, yeah? Yeah. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Nice. <laughs> now get that thing right Don't up to your face. To yeah, okay. put it towards you. How's it going, Jen? Oh, it's going so good. Your tea's there, by the way. Thank you. We were talking about, well, since you came in, we talked about you, you got called to come back home. Not literally, but... <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring. But, um, Jenny, this is Ireland speaking. <laughs> <laughs> where, where have you been exactly? Uh, yeah, so this time I started off my travels in India and then I was there for about just over three months and then I went back to Thailand for five months and then I spent the last like three weeks in Bali. In whereabouts in Bali? Uh, so I was actually traveling there with my girlfriends so I kind of took that time just for myself to like decompress mm-hmm. after, you know, everything <laughs> and so we were everywhere we kind of went to Ubud and we went to this beautiful place uh, called Les Waterfalls and we stayed there for a couple of nights as well um, so you're like staying in the jungle there's this incredible waterfall there mm. oh oh my god so we just stayed there we did our practices meditations like meditated by the waterfall for hours you know it's very peaceful and soothing there you know mm. and yeah then we traveled around a little bit more went back to Ubud what, what what is it? Les as in L E S. L E S, yeah. And where where is it in Bali in, in relation to Ubud? Uh, north. Okay. Yeah, I'm not exact. I'm really bad at directions. <laughs> yeah, same way. I kind of like these girls have been in Bali for one of them in particular. She's been in Bali for years and years, and she I she was just like we're going here, and I just followed. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I know. What I mean, sometimes if if you're in a group when you're traveling and one person will be the leader, yes, and just let them be the leader. Oh, this is it. It's it's way easier than trying to have two people figure things out. Um, but when I went to when I, obviously I was in Bali a few weeks ago, yeah. I it was me and my girlfriend, so I would just kind of became the leader, as it were. Yeah. And uh, it, it works out well. I mean, I think when you when, also when you're in a group of how many people are in your group, your girlfriend. There's just three of us. That's fine. Yeah. But any anything more than that, and you can get a bit dicey, you know, like you end up getting split up, and mm. you uh, have to wait around for people and stuff. <laughs> um, but so what's so go a bit more into what you mentioned about. I asked you when you came in here, like, how long are you home for? Yeah. And you said, forever. <laughs> in, in bunny ears. So what what, what was it that, like, um, why did you decide to come back? 
Um, but even last year, you know, I was going away again. I really have started to feel like this um, need in me to kind of uh, put some roots down mm. and settle a little bit. You know, uh, as as beautiful and amazing as traveling is, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's also very difficult in the fact that, you know, and even the fact that when I travel, I tend to stay places for long periods of time. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of make a little home there. But I always find the process of leaving somewhere and getting to somewhere that part in between, like a little bit um like I feel my body resisting it, you know, mm. like it's just like, oh, I don't want to leave. I'm kind of happy here. You know, I even had that uh, leaving Thailand and Bali and coming back here in the beginning, you know, mm. and then once I'm here, I'm fine. So, yeah, and I just have this desire to, you know, uh, really set up some roots and and kind of step or, or bring into Dublin and Ireland like what I believe my dharma is, you know, which is this passion that I have, like to teach women about yoga, about pleasure, all of this stuff. Like this is my passion, you know, Mm -hmm. like when I talk about it, I feel my heart just starting to open and expand, you know, and uh, and this is what I feel like is my purpose in Mm -hmm. in in world in the world yeah and in my life you know and so I really have this desire to come back home and to you know offer this stuff the Mm -hmm. stuff that I've been practicing and and uh yeah I think I think as well Jen is that like when you're traveling and you especially if you go to maybe like an expat community or just places with smaller populations than a city like Dublin people speak to each other more you it's far easier to create a community mm-hmm. but the downside is if you're in the back of your mind you know that's not forever you know that you you're at any amount of time before you're going to leave it's um it's kind of hard to to build long-term relationships whereas now that you're in ireland you know you, you're obviously you'll still go away on holidays and stuff but to know that when you meet people you could know them for the rest of your life it's very good likely chance and these women that you're um, doing uh, these sessions with um, you can build longer term relationships I think than you could if maybe you were uh, well if you were abroad you know because you know you're going to come come home again mm-hmm. yeah in one way I agree with you and in another way uh, I have to completely disagree with you what <laughs> yeah. it's outrageous <laughs> Yeah, because I, you know, these past couple of years, I really feel like I have created bonds with people who have become uh, a family to me. You know, I think we're all born into, you know, a family and we have that connection because it's connected by, you know, blood and DNA and by the process of just growing up. And then I think as we go along our and, and live our life, we create, we meet people, friends that become um yeah, our uh, like our our spiritual family, if you want to say that, because we're in the spiritual world, you know. But family, you know, where like people become our sis, like women become our sisters, and men become our brothers, and even more than this, you know. Mm. And I really feel like I have a beautiful um, family that is all over the world, actually. And mm. uh, yeah, and I'm very, you know, uh, I'm so grateful for all of those meeting all of those people and mm. what traveling has allowed me to experience in terms of opening my world up to other people's cultures, other people's ways of living. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and learning how to communicate differently because we all communicate differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Irish people have a certain way to communicate. German people, a certain way to... Co- and it's so beautiful to interact with all of these different personalities and and uh, and cultures, you know, because mm-hmm. you become a broader 
fuller person because of it, you know? Yeah, yeah true. Um, well, I think traveling is, is essential for, for development and for um, learning about yourself. And, and you said, and you begin to realize as well that people are more alike than they are different. You know, when I went, because I lived in Korea for a couple of years and uh, our basic human uh, base level, we all had the same fears, um, you know, and and kind of um, needs, as it were. Um, You mentioned about like living uh, as living. (laughs) So so generic, but um, living alone and how saying that you um, that you like the fact that you've come home now and you have your own space. Mm-hmm. Is this is this something? Um, why do you like? Because I lived alone for a, a long time as well, and it has pros and cons. Mm-hmm. How do you fi- find it? Uh, I personally love it, and for me, uh, it's necessary and like super essential uh, that I have my own space that I can just come back into you know like you know yourself when you're teaching and you're like running around from studio to studio how much energy it moves out Mm -hmm. yeah and for me um yeah the practice you know my my practice it can sometimes be quite long you know Mm -hmm. a couple of hours and I need the space you know Mm -hmm. to have I need the space. <laughs> I need the space to <laughs> speak into the mic. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I need the space, you know, yeah. to mm-hmm. um, yeah, to come back into connection with myself because for me, this is uh, this is how I. Uh, I come back home, you know, mm-hmm. to myself. And you know yourself, like in, uh, for me in the past when I've been in Dublin, um, I've, because of the issues with rent and all that kind of stuff, I've had to live with like four other people, five other people. And I love this because I'm very social and I love to talk to people. But at the same time, I recognize how necessary it is for me to be just, you know, to have my own sanctuary, you mm-hmm. know, to have my own space to come back into, to come back home to, to reconnect with myself. And, uh, and yeah, this is so important for me. So yeah, mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah, I think we spend a lot of our time around people and that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that is actually, um, it is important strength to have that you're good amongst people, you can be a good host. I think uh, this is a a key skill that a lot of yoga teachers need to develop is being a good host, Mm -hmm. knowing how to make people feel welcome and always being open and uh, be able to listen. But but then the opposite of that is it, when you get home, it's nice to not have to speak to anyone. I think if you live with someone that you know very well, say it's your partner or best friend, they know if you don't want to talk, if you just want to come home and say nothing. But when you live with strangers, it can be you have the obligation to have that small talk. And um, and that's not you need time to do nothing, don't you? To reflect, <laughs> to read, whatever it may be. Yeah because uh, you spend so much time amongst people. And this is the thing, like what you're saying about being a good teacher is like to be a good host, be able to welcome people, be able to be a good listener, you know, all. Of, but you need to do that to yourself as well, you know, like to be able to welcome yourself, to say, take time to create space that you can actually listen to what's going on in you too, you know? Mm. And uh, yeah, this is how you keep, keep that connection, you know? And this is why it's so important as teachers to maintain your practice, whatever mm. that is, mm. you know? From when you were, um, and that, that is a really good point. I think, you know, like I had a really good quote saying, the most important conversations you have are the ones with yourself, mm. you know? And what you tell yourself in your head is is often what you'll share with other people, you know? This is it, like to be able to listen is, you know, and to be able to listen well is a skill that you have to practice. We don't learn this, you mm-hmm. know? And actually how we live in society, uh, 
you know, doesn't really encourage us to, to learn this, you know, like you think about now we're, we're, we're filled, like our world is filled with so many distractions. Like you can go home to your parents and be on your phone or watching TV the whole time, you know, and not actually listen to what they're saying, you know, mm-hmm. and not actually have that connection. So to, to have the practice of listening is uh, super important because listening is how we learn to meet the world. Yeah, with mm-hmm. our heart open, with our mind open, without prejudice, without preconceived ideas of what should be happening and how it should be happening. And this is how you walk into the world uh, continually, you know, like with the sharing your heart, you know, and this brightness and this. Yeah. But I think I think listening, though, is massively un- misunderstood because w- when you're in a conversation and someone says something to you and they're trying to sh- share um, how they feel, often I find what I do is I will give them an in a story of equal mm. uh, it's just a similar story um to show them that i understand that, that and instead that almost seems like i'm trying to one-up them you know <laughs> and, and i've realized this is a, is a something i need to address that um or or equally um i'm, I'm trying to address this but it's coming across i think a little bit awkward because <laughs> so what, what i've been doing now consciously is um when i go into teach in in the studios I'll meet someone and they'll say oh how are you how was your weekend and they'll tell me how their weekend was and I'll just say oh good mm-hmm. and then I'll just be quiet I won't say tell them about my weekend unless they actually ask mm-hmm. and it ends up you realize that we, we get caught in these patterns of how we speak to each other and I I, <laughs> I think I may be coming across sometimes as a, bit, as a bit distant a bit strange because I'm listening to what they're saying and then I'm I'm going, oh, that's very nice. But often it's, we kind of maintain, it's like superficial chit chat, you know, mm-hmm. it's about the weather or, and you can't go too deep. So I'm trying to be a better listener, but I think it's coming across like I'm um, emotionally distant. Because mm. before I would be an oversharer. <laughs> I, I just, I just start talking and I was rubbish at small talk. If, if someone talked talk about the weather, I'd kind of go a bit deep and people think, oh, this is a bit, bit I just wanted a small talk, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, it's a difficult skill to to master. I'm actually thinking of doing, I met Lico Luce last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a handsome man, isn't he? Just, <laughs> I saw him walk in the studio once and I was like, who is that? <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a straight guy, but... Um, you can appreciate a good-looking human being. I said, mm. he's a stud. But anyway, <laughs> so shout out to Nico. Um, but um, what was my, my point? <laughs> I got distracted by Nico's beauty. Um, <laughs> my point was that um, I've completely forgot my point. You, you said, I think you were you were talking about uh, listening and you were thinking about going to do something. And then Nico. Oh, yeah. So I, I met Nico and he he's a real listener. Mm. You know, you, you'll say something to him and he'll just... He'll nod at you and keep eye contact and wait for you to to keep going. Mm. And he was telling me about non nonviolent non, communication. Yes. Yeah. Did you tell me about this? You didn't. No. No, I haven't no. spoken to you about this. No. W- what is this? Nonviolent communication is. Um, Have you done it before? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, it's very big actually in the neo tantric community, um, mm-hmm. and it's just a, a practice of. Uh, first of all, learning to listen and learning how to speak. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> really, uh, let me see how I could explain this. Uh, really, 
the idea is to call yourself into presence. So what you're feeling from Nico, yeah, is is the idea that he's here. He's here with you completely. There is nowhere else that he is, yeah? And this is what happens. This is what I talk about, like all of these distractions. These distractions cause our senses to move outwards and away from us, yeah? yeah? And we're bombarded with this stuff, you know? Mm. Our senses are bombarded without us even knowing, especially living in a city, yeah? And when our senses are bombarded, we become... Um, not just distracted, but feeling dejected leads to feelings of anxiety, even depression and an overstimulation that causes a heaviness. Yeah. Mm. The act of calling yourself into presence is becomes a shield to your senses where this uh, inner goodness can thrive and you can actually experience your own uh inner sense of of sheer joy yeah sheer peace Mm. and from this space this presence you allow yourself uh to to hold a space for somebody that's right in front of you yeah so to listen without this uh need to try to fix them or change them yeah yeah? but instead to let them express everything that they're feeling yeah Mm -hmm. uh and and in this space um to be a witness to what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's very beautiful. There's many different practices and ways of doing it. Sometimes you can do it by, uh, you know, someone like speaks to you and they're saying, I'm feeling this, 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 this and this. And you say, uh, you know, thank you for expressing how you're feeling. I hear that you're feeling this, 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 this and this. And even just the fact of being witnessed in that allows the emotion that you're having, yeah, to space to move mm-hmm. and in that space to move space to transform yeah mm-hmm. because your body can relax when you are held in the presence of somebody and 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 only them yeah your body relaxes mm-hmm. yeah the tension that you're holding relaxes because ultimately you feel safe mm-hmm. yeah 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 he like the because he was talking about well i was asked <laughs> asking him about teacher training because I'm doing teach like leading the teach training with Catherine um, in September, Beautiful. and I'm thinking how can I be a better communicator? I'm a good talker, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm a good communicator. And I I find that's a seagull. I find <laughs> that uh, communicating with us. I, f- I find that um, listen, Kev, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're. How you're Let's hold space for the seagull. <laughs> <laughs> so um so I, I'm I'm conscious that people in a teacher training environment are very sensitive and mm. it's quite an intense environment and I don't want to dominate the conversation always. I wanna give people a chance to be heard. And Nico mentioned about nonviolent communication and I think the example he gave was if someone when you're taking feedback, so someone tried a, a posture and then they're giving their feedback, instead of saying to them, did you like it, yes or no? Or what do you think? He, he'd ask them about how they felt about it, why they feel that way. And it was basically a lot more, um, what's the word? Um, kind of considerate in terms of how you get feedback from people. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that that way of communicating, it it doesn't feel natural to me. It feels like something I have, I, I want to develop yeah. because I have been in rooms where people have felt, I, I'll always put my hand up and speak. Never had, had a problem with that. <laughs> um, but I, I'm conscious of the people that never put their hand up. Mm. You know, the people that have invested their time in doing a teacher training and maybe they feel like they're never heard because they don't, they don't know how 
they haven't been encouraged to communicate in a way that feels comfortable for them. Yeah. And this whole topic, this whole area, I think is fascinating, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. communicating is um, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> communicating is a relationship. Yeah. yeah, yes, exactly. Between you and the people that you're communicating with. And you can have this communication as well between you and the world too, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the beautiful thing about... Uh, the the practice of listening because you can then start to communicate with your environment and ultimately this is you know uh, the purpose of yoga yeah so mm. to have this um dissolution you know so we oftentimes you know we think like the purpose of yoga and especially in this day and age and especially in the city it's like about achievement yeah mm. it's about goal orientation like i'm going to achieve this pose and i and even on a spiritual level i'm going to achieve samadhi yeah it's mm. like this thing there's yeah. a search and a seeking for something but actually the process of um of yoga and this is what i've been discovering over the years like because i've been evolving through the practice too you know and so like the purpose of this is actually a dissolution of yourself it's like you know how do you go about the process of unmaking yourself? Mm. Yeah, it's the process of allowing yourself to shed, you know, mm. all of these extra layers and continually shed until you completely you can get into these spaces where you completely dissolve. And then you start to recognize that there is this exchange taking place all of the time. Yeah. Between the outer world and the inner world. Mm. And this is Tantra. You know, this this is the process of, you know, coming into that. Um, connection yeah with yourself where you not only experience this uh, movement into towards your soul yeah where it's almost like the contraction yeah so you feel like you're moving back into this space where you feel home yeah where you know yourself what's going on inside your world your emotions your mental activity um, how the breath moves inside of you and then to expand and to allow yourself to open to take so it's a process yeah you know mm. of taking what is outside in so that mm. you can give what is inside out and you know the more you mm. get into this uh, the more you start to you know expand your consciousness you know mm-hmm. and this you know is like the purpose of it so it's like how do you shed how do you shed as much as possible so that you can do this you know mm. and there's so many ways to do it you know which is so beautiful but i think that's why having an introspective practice like yoga is so mm-hmm. important because you are going back to what we mentioned earlier about spending time alone on your own to go through even if it's just a superficial physical postures and um seeing your thought patterns how do you think about yourself how do you treat yourself how do you talk to yourself Mm -hmm. before um for example for me before i used to think um i'm not manly enough i need to be i need to have bigger muscles Mm -hmm. you know you're so you spend your life especially you grew up in the 80s being conditioned by he-man you know (laughs) (laughs) and he-man's like he's a you know he's a legend legend obviously like <laughs> in terms of the for little boys but if you look at him or then in in the 90s it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger but I'm going down a bit of a rabbit hole here but but essentially <laughs> but essentially <laughs> just talking about muscular men what's this getting, getting, it's getting weird Anika Lute Anika, what's yeah. happening I know I was like right anyway um, so um, I remember I used to when I used to move my body it'd be like how can I look different I want to have bigger muscles because mm. I want to feel more like a man and I even contemplating taking steroids. Oh, oh yeah. Well, this is like my mid twenties. Wow. When I first started trying to get fit, and so my my then I had a real complex complex about my masculinity. So when I was within relationships, I would try to be over, over 
overtly male um and it was wasn't really me mm. and now through practicing yoga i don't have a a physical aesthetic that i'm trying to achieve it just so happens that because i like eating well and i move a lot i look fairly fit which is just it's a byproduct of it so that's great i mean we have a bit of it which is always vain but what i tell myself now is um what I learned about myself is how I speak to myself. Can I show myself compassion uh, when I'm when I'm practicing? And um, can I learn anything? This is what's really fascinating me now because I'm th- nearly 38, and I've only recently learned how to handstand because I've practiced it. And it, although it's not like an achievement, you're not. That's not the goal. But the fact that you actually can learn anything if you just practice it enough, and you learn how to. Um, be kind to yourself. Treat yourself mm-hmm. like you treat your student. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, so that 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 introspective practice it doesn't have to be through movement. I think we rewires your brain and makes you more compassionate for other people. Mm-hmm. Because I am like completely different now to what I used to be. Like I'm sure you are too. Yeah. And we almost like we live different lives, don't we? We mm-hmm. we, we evolve. Um, and um yeah so that, that's that yeah this is, but, this is the purpose of life you know to change to grow you know it's mm. like all part of this you know and yeah like what you're describing it's uh you know it's to do the things in your life like that makes you feel alive you know mm. and these moments are the moments that you expand you know mm. and that can be anything you know it's like and it doesn't have to be yoga for a lot of people it's yoga like i mean in our world we're talking about yoga meditation all this kind of stuff it's to expand you know but you can do this through dance and it's to allow yourself Mm. to dance and to feel the pleasure you know behind dancing where pleasure is a sensation the Mm. ability to be sent like fully sensory you know and where you're not dancing anymore you become the dance you know when you're a singer you're not singing a song anymore it's like you sing you become the song you know when you're (laughs) reading a poem you become the poem when you're practicing yoga you become yoga you know whatever this is for you you feel it in wide open spaces you know oh I'm getting goosebumps talking about this you You know yeah but it's like it's like this feeling of aliveness you know where suddenly there's this um yeah you're not confined by the boundaries of your your own body anymore you expand and open ha into all of that Mm. you know you see it like when you go to a place you know and you look over like the ocean or something like this and you just feel this expansiveness and suddenly your whole body explodes into that Mm. space you Mm. know it's Mm. like these are the moments and those are the moments that you feel alive you Mm. know and uh and this is you know what life is about yeah yeah but to it, feel alive but as you said you know the external internal can't be separated really mm. so what you're taking in it's almost like if you're taking in good food good nutrition then you uh, where am i going with this <laughs> then you're going to be really regular on the toilet no <laughs> um well you will have you know good digestion but no what i mean is information what you take in referring back to nico and being present like he is not prolific on Instagram at all. Okay, mm-hmm. he's very post very. And I'm, this is not a thing about Instagram, by the way. I, I that's, that's a, <laughs> it's a separate topic. But what what are you putting into your mind? Do you read the Sun newspaper every day? Do you listen to Sky News, which is just bad news on repeat? Because what you're taking into your mind, that nutrition, is what you're going to put out into the world. The same way. Um, the people you associate with and you know and the conversations that you choose to have and even little things like 
I don't know if this is NLP, but framing things in the positive. Mm. Like I asked Nico a question um, and I asked it in a negative way. I said, what what would you not do that you did before? And he turned it into a positive, which just simply using that language changes how you, um, just how you are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and uh, I think this is, uh, a co- should be a constant, people should be made more made more aware of this yeah and uh i think yoga helps that yeah it's well this is the thing and you know you can do anything in life and it's like i i mean for me um and i have to say this is something that the practice of tantra has really allowed uh me to consider you Mm -hmm. know so that you can like move through the world and it's like you know how do you derive pleasure from the world? And, you know, where pleasure isn't just about sex, okay? This is like how you derive pleasure. There you go pleasure. with a sex thing again. There we go, sex. Whoa. <laughs> hey, whoa. Sex that. Woo-hoo. No, so good. No. no but this is how, like, it's not just about sex, you know? This is how you derive pleasure from all aspects of your life, you know? Mm. Like, uh, where, you know, you can decide that every breath that you take can be a pleasurable breath, you know? Like that right now, as you're listening to this, you start to become aware of your breath and you start to feel as you inhale and as you exhale, how the breath moves you moves in deeply to your body. It's so intimate, how it caresses the inside of your body. Nothing else can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. To feel the breath just like really caressing the back of the heart, this gentle stroking, you know? This becomes pleasurable, you know? How you take pleasure in your food, you know? Um, mm-hmm how you take pleasure like from sitting in the company of another you know Mm. and that's and this is what going back to this the idea of being fully present yeah fully sensory Hmm? yeah 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 yeah, it's that's such an important point i mean the the breath is something that's said over and over again i think to some people it's a bit of an abstract concept but the only time we teach people max strom said it brilliantly to breathe is when someone's giving birth Mm. that's Mm -hmm. which is crazy but and obviously giving birth is i've never done it and i I imagine i never will but uh, you never know science you're like art art is like always wanting to be he's like i'd love to be pregnant (laughs) just to give birth i was like oh um, so um but you know which is a massive physical undertaking and an incredibly impressive impressive feat to to birth someone um but that's when we teach people how to breathe. So it just shows you how powerful breathing can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, I like to nap in the afternoon, but often if I don't get a nap, I do my three rounds of Wim Hof, which I teach in, in class, mm-hmm. in almost every class now. Beautiful. And I feel, Jen, like nothing can phase me. <laughs> if I've done that breathing, nothing. I'm just like, I'm, I'm so uh, centered mm-hmm. if, I do, if I do my breathing. And... Um, and uh, but but everything, not just the breathe, breathing, as in, it's almost like savoring things, isn't it? Yeah. Like savoring a meal when you eat it. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, so uh, before I actually got this idea from you, when we sat down for breakfast in Two Boys Brew, shout out to them. Um, <laughs> and, but you you did a little prayer before you started, and I said, "What were what, what you doing?" And you said, "You know, you're being grateful." And now I do that every time. Mm. I, I, I I take a moment to be grateful for my yeah. food, and um, that those those little moments, you you recondition you, you condition yourself um, to to be present, to be more grateful, and then 
you go out in the world and you can have better relationships and life is about relationships yes and because this whole thing you know being grateful this practice of gratitude you Mm. know is um mm, what do i want to say i was going to say something about gratitude yeah this practice of gratitude Mm. is this idea of being fully aware yeah like fully present and completely in attention to all of the ways that life has to mesh together, mold together, move together in order for you just to take one more breath. Mm. Just think about that for a second. <laughs> all of the things that happen in life just for us to be able to breathe. Ooh, I get goosebumps again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, but when you're in those moments and you're suddenly aware of that, this is suddenly when everything, this is what I'm saying, every breath becomes a pleasure, you know, to take, you know, mm. every breath becomes a gift. You know, mm. and this part makes if you if you're living every moment like this, every breath, every moment, everything is a gift, you know, that mm. this is when you're suddenly starting to become super alive, you know, and this is this is the dis- dissolution yeah, between your body and the rest of the world. And suddenly it's like, love, mm, yeah. I'm alive, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and it's and when you're breathing, I mean, you need the external world to breathe the trees, you know, it's all you, mm. you're part of that of that world. Mm. You know, you can't breathe on your on your own. Um, but what what I really like about the breathing as well is that you can't control things that happen in your life. There there are variables. It could be like someone cuts you up in traffic or someone says something to you that you don't like. But what you could always have control of is how you breathe and how you choose to react to that. Mm-hmm. And that that is critical because um, when I was like when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in quite a lively household, let's say. And, um, you know, it would be a case of uh, sometimes I'd find myself wanting to say the get the last word in and, and kind of being a bit of a smart ass. And there's so much power in taking a breath, taking a moment and just reassessing. Yeah. Give someone the benefit of the doubt. And... Um, you know, I've done some things before that I'm like embarrassed, ashamed to say that I've done. I mean, like I was actually, I'll say one of, I'll say one of them. Um, f- <laughs> a few years ago, this is only when I first started practicing yoga. I wasn't really into it properly, but um, and I remember I got into a traffic. Uh, some guy cut me up. This is just in Fisborough, and um, I got out of the car and, and offered him out, which basically offered him to fight. Like in the oh. middle, mid, 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 pouring rain. Fisty cuffs, Kev. Yeah, pouring rain, middle of the day. And then I, I, I was there, like standing, we were standing in front of each other. No, mm. sorry, that's a lie. He didn't get out of the car. That was it. So he didn't get out of the car. So I'm standing there in the street, like thinking, I am such an idiot. I am such a fool. Look, look, imagine if someone's seen me. If I, again, if I could see myself, I think you, you're, you're weak. You're, you're weak. You've, you've caved in. What are you trying to prove? And um, now I would, I would, I would never do that. Mm. <laughs> do you believe me? <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm going to test you now. See no. if you get the fisticuffs out of me. <laughs> no, no. But but in what what has helped is definitely is is practicing jujitsu. I mean, like actual oh, beautiful. Because I think um, actually, I would to speak to you about this, Jen. Um, yeah. Aggression. Mm. Okay. So. I, I, I um, read an interesting article about aggression and how um, men show aggression through physicality and women can show aggression often through social alienation. You know, they'll, they'll like, um, do you, um, when you're teaching in your, in your 
what's the best way to describe it? Kind of women's studies. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, if you yeah. Are, yeah just don't encompass it all because you do quite a lot. <laughs> um, do you talk about that side of womanhood or femininity, the aggression, and how to address that? For example, in the workplace, where women are often encouraged to or people encouraged to be more masculine, to dominate, to um, to never cry. That shows kind of weakness. Mm. How do, do you find this comes up? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting what you say there about aggression and how men and women show it differently, right? So uh, one of the fundamental fears for men is uh, shame and guilt. Yeah, so these are what the things that they go into. And then, you know, if you think about warriors, yeah, so you're not strong enough, you're not brave enough, you know, you're not, you know, willing to fight. So there's this shame and this guilt. And this is what alienates men from the group of men. Yeah, they mm. say that women, their greatest fear is abandonment. Yeah. Mm. So uh, what you're talking about, how uh, so the women experience it more as being social alienation, social alienation. Yeah. Mm. This is ultimately our biggest fear, you know. Yeah. And and what do these things come like? Aggression comes from fear. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And so all of these things are born. And, and this is an energy that kind of seeks to like, you know, uh, suck on your fears and then make them alive and real you know so that then you become oh and then we respond emotionally you know so yeah all of this work i mean there you know when it comes to exploring uh this work with women we i mean this is only one small aspect of it mm. and really like what these uh groups and and working with women uh, do the fundamental thing is first of all to call in it's a sisterhood yeah it's a circle so you create a circle of um community yeah a circle where it, there's no abandonment yeah you're called in mm. uh to a space of feeling in connection with mm. other women you know mm. and one of the biggest things is to uh feel for women is that everything is normal you know just mm. to be told like oh i'm normal you know like my sexuality is normal if you're experiencing pain it's normal if you're experiencing pleasure it's normal if you experience nothing it's normal yeah we all have uh uh you know this is all part of our humanness yeah we mm. all uh experience all of this all at the same time do you mm. know what i mean yeah yeah um and it's it's coming back and, and yeah, just to be I'm, told you're normal yeah you know think, is is such a beautiful thing of free it gives you freedom yeah you know i, I think <laughs> I, I think that is so important that you should be okay with experiencing a spectrum of emotions mm. when you practice yoga you're not always going to feel happy. Mm -mm. You're not always going to feel calm. Mm -mm. Sometimes you might feel excited, frustrated, angry, mm -hmm. and and that's but to to recognise it without reacting and maybe to have the introspective practice of of, of asking yourself why do you feel that way. Um, and this is it as well, Kat. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got it. And also this is the this is you know the practice of yoga yeah like what i'm saying it's a practice of dissolution it's a practice of purification yeah mm. so it, it's to constantly call up yeah everything that's happening in your body calling up the things that are in your mind calling up the emotions that are in your heart whether it's you know pleasure whether it's anger yeah whether it's frustration to continually call these up to be faced with it so you can clear it mm. yeah and this is this is the process you know of 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 the practice you know mm. That you're constantly, it's like, you know, they describe it as an onion, you know, peeling away the layers. Mm -hmm. You're constantly starting to, to come closer to understanding your makeup, you mm -hmm. know, to understanding how you react, what your behaviors are, because ultimately this is how you, um, 
this is how you understand yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's a practice that allows you to self-author, yeah? Mm. So you're meeting uh, the parts of you, like your virtues, you're meeting the parts of you that are, you know, like, yes, this is my passion, this is what I'm good at, these are the things, these are my gifts, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're meeting your, I wanna say faults, but I'm gonna do the bunny ears, yeah? yeah? Um, and and it's it's this idea of like, how do you capitalize on your passions, on your virtues, and how do you um, uh, transform hmm. your faults? I, I think fault is a bad word here. What's, the, what's a better word? I don't know, I'm trying to think of something else shortcomings may i don't know it's but it means that you're lacking and it's not really a thing about lacking it's to recognize that you're already whole areas for development there we go huh areas for development areas for development that's what you used to there say there you go that's what you say when i <laughs> when i used to work in the corporate world they'd be like uh, they used to use that like kevin these are your strengths which would be like one, <laughs> one. these are your areas for development now yeah. lock the door we are gonna hear for a while <laughs> <laughs> So it's basically yeah. a way of saying like, this yeah. is what you need to do about. And, but, um, and this yeah. is what we mean by self-authoring because you're essentially writing your story. So you have to know like, who do you want to be in this world? Mm. And what do you want that to look like? You mm. know, and are you taking the steps that move you closer to that? If you want to be a person that's fully alive, fully present, fully sensual, can you live like that in every single moment? You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, but it's, it's not, well, that's why it's a practice, isn't it? Because it's not easy to do. No. I mean, it's um, it's so easy to get caught up in, in distractions and um, to even be like, um, I mean, I find it myself that I am, um, it's a conversation I can't really avoid, Jen, but it's, it's <laughs> my phone. And, and mm. uh, but, um, and <laughs> yeah, it, it's something that like, I think I, uh, do you know that now I've heard actually they have rehab centers in the States now do you know Johan Hari? No. Oh God, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, oh, it might be Johan Hari, but he's an English guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a book called Lost Connections, and he talks about this internet rehab center they have in the states, mm. where people are sent if they're addicted to, to their phone, essentially. And uh, he said that like he got out of the car to to go there and the first thing he did was check his phone <laughs> you know there's no wi-fi signal obviously there's no signal at all out there but um this is um and referring to what i mentioned earlier about um the social alienation and tying time all together is that um i think this is what women young women need to be aware of it or um, it is the i is the, the thing that with your phone you can not just in school are you or in the workplace are you uh, susceptible to being alienated if that happens, but it never leaves you. It's always in your pocket, you know, being objectified and alienated. And I think that, like, um, it's really important for women to have a sisterhood because mm-hmm. I I go to jiu-jitsu. If I'm on it, it's for the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I enjoy uh, the physicality of it, definitely. But it's I like the lads. Yeah, you know I lo- I really like that. I mm-hmm. I I miss that a lot because the connection. Yeah, okay? and this is the thing. Like what you're saying with the phone. I mean, it's relevant for men too. You know, like this. Like it's you know, like oh, yeah. okay. Here's here's the one thing, Kev. Right, most people at night time. Yeah, uh, they're going to bed checking their phone. Yeah, yeah. If you are stroking your phone more than you are stroking yourself or your partner <laughs> next to you, I mean, there's something wrong. It's like when you think about it like this, 
Well, that's you the, know? that's the little snippet, the quote I'll be using for the promotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for but that. But really, you know, like think about it. Like we we're sleeping with people who are next to us that we love, you know, mm-hmm. and we're both like checking our phone. You oh, know, yeah. it's like put the phone away and touch each other for yeah. a moment, you know, <laughs> and like take pleasure from it. If you're by mm. yourself, just put the phone away. Mm. Touch yourself. Ask your body how it felt today. You mm-hmm. know, take a little bit of pleasure in yourself, like and go asleep in that instead of asleep in the oh what did Susan do today you know mm-hmm. uh, what are the you know it's crazy you know yeah. like to fill your butt like and this is what, what I mean you know it's like <laughs> to take the measures and to make it a practice you know mm. because this day we have like we have to do that unfortunately you mm. know like to have to create a discipline where discipline isn't something that's like oh, you have to do this and blah, blah, blah. Discipline becomes a way. Yeah, discipline is something uh, that is a key to your enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To have a discipline of your practice, like that you're enjoying your practice, you know, becomes a way to become alive in that even more, you know. Jen, I love this. One second, I'm going to check the time. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. We've got another 15 minutes. Yeah, nice one. Um, No, I love this because... Brilliant. What you said there, discipline, people think as a bad thing uh, and like a punishment almost because they think about when they're in school and the teacher would discipline them or whatever. And but self-discipline is a choice. Mm. It's a choice that you got. Mm-hmm. And every time you got that decision, do I eat this piece of crap or do I eat something good? Do I get up and exercise or do I not get up and exercise? And it, it's important that you treat yourself like your own best friend. What would I do if I really care for this person? How would I talk to them? Like we said earlier about your internal narrative. Mm-hmm. How would I um, look after them? How and would I touch them? How, how <laughs> would I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and, and that is, is so important because we prioritize things outside of ourselves so much. And you can only be, you can only look after uh, people you love if you look after yourself first. And, and that that is, um, that is key. I, I think that, I had this conversation with someone I really love recently and uh, I said that, you know, I love myself. I, I actually mm. do. I love myself, not in that way, but, and I want them to love themselves too, yeah. you know, and that, and some people, they, they don't, they, um, they don't feel like they're good enough. And I think that is, sorry to the nation of Ireland, my, you know, mom and dad are Irish, so just saying, but <laughs> uh, the Irish culture is a little bit, um, like um self self-deprecating and whereas in the american culture it's all about yes we can you know let's do, well obviously with trump <laughs> now it's different but um um but what you said there um i'm gonna call me rich <laughs> jen uh, about about um about self-discipline is uh it's so important isn't it um, yeah do do you address that in your workshops in your and your mm-hmm. women's stuff yeah yeah oh my goodness yeah i'm so so yeah, basically, and even now, so I haven't uh, rolled it out yet, but I have a practice and this is like basically uh, what I want. This is why I'm home in Ireland as well, because yeah. I want to to do, um, 
uh, so this is, and also this is why I've been quiet. You know, I've been quiet on the internet the you last have. couple of months, and yeah, because again, it was like really there is a uh, something very much inside of me that was like, you know, like time to go in, and there is like I was feeling this like a birthing process happening, and really it's this uh it's like developmental program where you're moving women through a, a journey. You know, so obviously I'll be doing workshops, and they're like little tasters almost. You know, of like opening women to sexuality in different ways, to mm-hmm. pleasure in different ways. You know, not just around sex but also other things but in the developmental program that I'll be starting soon there's uh, different levels and one of the levels is completely around uh, discipline mm. and again uh, like this dis- self-discipline yeah it's a practice of self-love you know, mm-hmm. to give yourself that time in your day that is just for you, you know, mm-hmm. even if you so we're talking about pleasure right now, but even if you think about like the the practice of of um, learning how to pleasure yourself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's sexually, you know, like women, you know, we don't make time for masturbation. You know, we mm-hmm. don't. Um, January is like the last thing on our list, you know, when especially if we have children in the mix and we have a partner and we have a job to look after. And it's something that we just don't ever think about doing you know Mm. um and generally this uh practice of masturbation is more uh because orgasm there's many different types of orgasms but one of the main ones uh that most people are uh in connection with is the orgasm which is more of like a tension release orgasm Mm -hmm. yeah so it's where there's like quick contractions and then a release you know it's like you know and then you know you're done yeah. Uh, and actually men do this too. You know, a lot of men masturbate before they go to bed so that they can go to sleep. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've met many of these men with the with this um, addiction, actually, to this kind of pleasure, you know. And um, yeah, so <laughs> moved away now from the but this is self-love, you know, yeah. it's self-love uh, to make time for yourself, you know, mm. and it doesn't just have to be masturbation, you know, it can just be <laughs> like, you know, dancing with yourself, you know, or dancing with your partner or, mm. you know, taking a walk in nature or reading a book, as you said, mm. you know, or sitting down and practicing the art of listening, you know, yeah. even if it's not just to yourself, you know, like journal or even speak out loud if you like that, you know, yeah. or talk to uh, or ask, you know, ask your partner or someone in your life how they are and learn to listen you know I'm getting uh, yeah but but it's it's actually and not doing anything else not not Mm. like um, doing uh, a practice and looking at your phone that's why I'm getting a bath I'm not getting a bath in here for that reason well this this is not a masturbation (laughs) thing but like getting a not that masturbation is Right, just, it's okay, Kev. I'll talk about I'll talk about the bath, and then we we'll get back to. I'm the gonna tell everyone you're blushing. <laughs> so um, we're getting a bath put in in my house, mm. um, and I like the idea that well, it's not really for me, it's for my girlfriend. But I'm gonna take ice baths. She wants to take hot baths. But mm. that's how it goes. You know? <laughs> but um, I like the idea of you you're not gonna have your phone in the bath. I hope not, anyway. And it's just something. It's time to yourself to do nothing. Look yeah. out, look out the window, and. Um, that is that's really appealing. Um, the whole masturbation topic. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've I sp- I'm sure I've spoken about this before. If I haven't, our sex is an important point. Um, pornography messes your head up. We, we talked oh, yeah. about w- girls on phones uh, when they're young, and what they'll do is they'll um, you know the whole filter thing about wanting to look the best angles and all that kind of thing, and then if they I'm talking about the destructive side of a phone now and social media and alienating other girls and this type of thing um, kind of psychological warfare whereas with men games and pornography 
Mm. They are, um, it, re, re, it rewires your brain. Mm-hmm. And um, it's different if you're in a, if you're in a relationship, you know, whatever, like you don't need that stuff. But um, but um, I don't know where I'm going with this, Jen. I'm going, down, <laughs> I'm going to a dark alley here. But um, it's, it's really, um, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... Um, so here, so here's what pornography generally teaches you, and it teaches adults this, you know, and it teaches children this. Because let's face it, everyone has their phones now, even kids, you know, as like super young kids, hey, yeah. have their phones. We have access to uh, pornography at like a touch of a, a finger, yeah, mm-hmm. a touch of a button. And um, pornography, uh, what we generally are used to with pornography, it tells you that, you know, the end game is the male ejaculation, you know, mm-hmm. Ma- man comes, boom, it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of uh, says in a discreet way that a woman's pleasure is kind of secondary, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it also as well. Oh, there's a little bird outside the window. Oh, it also says uh, that uh, it also teaches you as well, like what um, uh, a penis should look like, how big it should be, yeah, mm-hmm. um, how hard it should be. It also tells you what a vulva should look like, yeah, mm-hmm. how pretty it should look, yeah, how small the the libia, um, the the lips of it should be. You know, um, it it tells you about like you know, women should be squirting, you know, blah 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 blah. Yeah, mm-hmm. tells you so much stuff. That's all a load of bullshit, hey. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, good. yeah, and uh, and um, and unfortunately, in this day and age, it it is so hard to find good sex education. People who aren't afraid to speak about sex and the reality of sex, the humanness of sex. That's messy. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's that's variety hmm? mm-hmm. um that doesn't like have to say like a man's penis has to be hard you know that it's beautiful to have like <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful to have like uh you know a soft lingam as well and to understand how to interact with that you know mm-hmm. to understand the beauty in the variety of every single woman's parts you know her private parts these are hers you know and to have a woman claim them as hers that they are and this is what i said to you to learn that i am normal <laughs> Yeah, exactly as I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we're very lucky now that, you know, all of this, there's a, a huge movement online. Hey, this is what's good for Instagram. Yeah, huge movement online around women's sexuality, around men's sexuality. Tantra is becoming a huge thing across the globe. Yeah, right. people becoming very curious about it. And if it isn't already in your radar, you know, watch out for this because it's going to be, okay. you know. And uh, and really like what it's allowing uh, women to do is talk about you know, mm. this is my experience, you know, um, this is what my vulva looks like. There's a really beautiful Instagram account called the Vulva Gallery. And it's a woman who draws uh, all different types of vulvas. Yeah. Mm. And um, it's nice just to be like, you know, women that have pubic hair, women that don't have pubic hair, mm. women that have huge lips, women that don't, you know, mm. um, women that have like a big clip, women that don't, you know. And so it's like becoming um, normalized actually and so the more that this kind of stuff happens in the world the more people and like allow themselves to speak openly about sex without the guilt without the shame Mm. yeah uh the more we start uh to move away from from you know just this one idea that porn gives us you know i mean if you want to make your woman happy read like jackie collins and stuff like this (laughs) You know Jackie Collins. No, you know Jackie, Jackie Collins? Collins. She thinks she's Joan Collins. Joan Collins' sister. She's she's passed away now, 
but um, she would write these um, erotic novels. Mm. And I was talking to my girlfriend about this, how women like the story about, you know, um, he glanced at me from across the room, his mm. hand touched my arm and all this kind of jazz. And whereas men, it's the kind of more like the end product, the um, bit more... I don't know. The uh, act itself. The act maybe. itself, exactly. Um, and ultimately, if you want to keep your missus happy, um, you got you need to start thinking how she, she thinks. Mm. You know, and, or, yeah. or, or, or at least understand um, that world. Yeah, yeah. And this is, it's a two-way street, hey, because this is about the idea of desire, yeah, mm. and how this kind of stimulates the body in the beginning, the idea of like arousal, yeah, and all of this is contextual as mm. well, you know. Um, and, you know, when you're saying like, you know, learning to listen this is such a huge part of it you know mm. so for women learning to understand like what arouses them you know what ignites their pleasures what ignites their desires you know and for a lot of women because we don't take the time yeah um we don't know what this is mm. yeah we don't know how to turn our body on we don't know uh what parts of our body want to be touched and to understand that it is so possible yeah even in a body that is numb even in a body uh, that experiences pain, mm -hmm. to move yourself back into connection and back into pleasure. And there's practices, there's a really simple thing that you can do. Um, one ex Hey, will I give this exercise now? Um, I don't have a camera, though. What, no, no, it's fine, it? I'll explain it. Yeah, it's like a three minute game, okay? And this oh, is okay. the most beautiful thing that you can do. Men can do it too. Okay. And it's the fully sensual, like it fully brings the body, it activates the nervous system actually. Okay, I'll tell you just one quick story, right? What yeah, happened no to rush. Yeah. When I started- Don't, don't be quick, I like okay. your story, so go, go ahead. <laughs> okay, yeah. so this is a part of, uh, I've been studying um, what's called the wheel of consent. Have you heard about this? No. Oh my goodness, okay, Kev, we'll do stuff together. It's amazing, right? And it really changed my entire life, okay? Mm. Um, especially in terms of, uh, you know, not just the pleasure that I was receiving like intimately with a partner, but also in the whole world, yeah? And also with myself. And so the wheel of consent is, uh, uh, I won't explain the whole system now, but it's a system that allows you to, to feel your boundary, okay? Mm. To feel your yes, to feel your no, okay? It also works very, uh, hand in hand with the nervous system okay so the sympathetic nervous system the parasympathetic nervous system yeah mm -hmm. okay so uh I'll, I'll tell you what I, so i was uh, doing this practice i was doing it last year in uh i took a 30-day thing where i was doing it for 30 days and uh and i was doing this game it's three minutes every single night okay and so um <laughs> okay. What happened afterwards is it fully sensitizes your body. Okay, I when I was thirteen, I remember I had this very beautiful. Uh, I was it was my first boyfriend. He was my first boyfriend. Oh my god! And it was like real puppy love, like super innocent, you know. Yeah. But I remember, you know, uh, we, we we would kiss and we would kiss for hours uh, because it was all <laughs> we could do. Hey, because we we're like thirteen, mm. and for us there was like no kind of thing of like let's do more. You know, all we were doing was kissing, and it was. I remember this like I still feel it now in my body. This fully like sensory experience where I was like my whole body would just tingle, you mm. know, and like my. My lips would be like you know swollen you know and like my cheeks would be flushed and it was like we couldn't stop you know because it was so pleasurable and I remember as I got older looking back on this time being like 
fucking hell, I'll never get back to that space again, you know? Mm-hmm. Because as we get older, we're taught, you know, about shame. We're taught about guilt. Our body starts to close off. We have experiences that we don't like. Maybe we've been taken advantage of, you know? Maybe... Um, we have traumas and like not just I'm not just talking about rape, but maybe like a traumatic birth, you know, maybe we've had um, mm, yeah, lesser traumas. I won't go into all that now. But so our body learns to kind of shut down. Yeah. And we become less sensory because this is what happens. OK, so I did this practice for 30 days. I at the end of in and around the end of the 30 days. OK, I had a kiss to man. It was the first time I kissed a man in a little bit, a little while. And oh my God, Kev, I can't tell you what happened. My whole body, like, it was just like I was 13 again. My whole, I got goosebumps up my body, up my legs, up my arms, up into my spine. My lips started to pulse. Like everything in my body just became like really like, mm, like voluptuous, like I'm very juicy. It was like my whole body was like, like breathing you know it was like full sensory and like we this man and I we kissed for three out like no joke we were kissing constantly and because this is the thing about interactions with the woman yeah the woman invites the man into her pleasure and so he was invited into my pleasure and that ignited his pleasure and then it's like Mm. this you know constant swirl so this practice is um you take an inanimate object, so anything that's around. Okay, I have my bobbin. You can do it. I, I was doing this at nighttime, okay? And you just start with your hand and you just start to um, touch whatever this is. It could be a fork, you know, a spoon, like literally anything, yeah? So Jenny is now touching Touch her it. hand with her bobbin. Yeah. A bobbin is the thing you put in your hair. This is it, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I didn't and, know that. Okay. <laughs> I think it's very co- Irish people know this. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like you close your eyes and you're fully present with the sensation, yeah, mm-hmm. that you're feeling. Right now, my pleasure is my own, okay? And because this is an inanimate object, mm-hmm. okay, there's no kind of thing of like trying to perform. You can even do it with your own hand if you don't have anything, yeah? Because my pleasure is my own, there's no sense of performance. There's no one else that I have to like consider here. Mm. So it's fully mine. And I start to feel then like the sensation in my hand and I stay at my hand and the very palm of my hand in the center until I start to feel even more yeah and you'll start to feel tingles and maybe it'll take a while first times first couple of times you could be numb here and Mm. not feel anything and you wait for your body to give you a signal and then it tells you where to go next and suddenly you might find the bobbin by the side of your baby finger Mm -hmm. okay and then maybe moving down onto the wrist and you don't go anywhere until you feel and everything is slow until you feel the body yeah telling Mm. you to go there and then suddenly Yeah, you start to feel like the tickles, you know, going up your body, this sensation. And so this is a process of like calling the nerve endings Mm. to the skin. Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, and you keep going. I could explain this a little bit more, but I'm not sure how much time we have. But (laughs) Um, and what's that process called? Mm, What what, uh, What did you call it? What do you mean? what What you're doing there? What do you call this system? Oh, I just call it the three-minute game. Three-minute game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and it's to activate the whole body. So, okay, so now I've practiced this for myself, okay? I'm fully able to activate my own body in seven minutes, yeah? Mm. To have my body ready to mm. receive pleasure, okay? Yeah. Because it needs to be ready for this, you know? Mm-hmm. To make your body juicy, ooh, to make it yeah. pleasurable and, sense- and, and, sen- and fully sensory, yeah? It's a bit like foreplay. 
Definitely. This okay. is what it I've is. I've heard of that. I don't know what it is. But yeah. <laughs> I'm joking there. Okay, I'm really we joking. lost the teacher. Mr. Lova Lova. Mr. Lova Lova. Hey, girl. That makes a lot of sense, though. It does. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the and this is game. important because this, mm. you know, for women, it teaches women about their own pleasure, you know. And when you understand your own pleasure, you yeah. can express that to the person you're with. Mm. And this is interesting, hey, because mm-hmm. generally we don't often know what what we like and what we don't like. Yeah. And so you'll find, you know, that the guy, how do we expect our partners to know what, what we like if we don't know it, you know? Mm. And so you might find this, yeah? Like men will say like, ooh, t- like tell me what you like and tell me what you want. Men like this, you have to be told this. And maybe you have found this response in your own um, sexual explorations and adventures, yeah? Where women say like, ooh, um, no, I like what you're doing. Just keep doing that, yeah? Mm. Because sometimes it's like, they don't know. Sometimes mm. it's a fear of expressing their true desires and pleasures. Mm. And so all of this is to allow yourself, yeah, to fully feel all of this, to fully understand it, to mm. uh, experience it, yeah, and then to give yourself the freedom in the expression of, or in expressing it, yeah. Mm. So it's, you yeah, know, there's so that, much. It makes, that makes complete sense. I think that's a great practice to develop. Yeah. Um, Jen, I wish I could talk to you I for know. longer. Um, we've got to wrap it up. Any um, people want to find you, it's Hello Jenny Keen, right? Yeah. On, on the and gram. there soon will be a website, Kev, but Uh-oh. that will be on Instagram. Boom, coming you, up. You promote it on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. What's your next event or what would you like to let the people know about the next thing uh when like what workshop are you doing next or this oh this will be out next thursday which is Mm. so it's 27th today so like the 4th of july well i have a few things coming up uh i'm going to be doing a really beautiful yin yoga and soundscapes with my friend tolga do you know tolga no oh my god he's a magic man when it comes to music and like bringing you into like Boom, la la land. Okay. And then around my birthday, uh, you know, I have like this thing that I do for charity for my birthday every year. No. No. Okay. So I do a thing for charity every year. This this year, um, I'm planning uh, an event just for women this time. Yeah. Okay. So all about pleasure, all about all about the stuff that you know I work with. You know, I've been studying for the last number of years, and uh, yeah, very. I'm super excited about it. So, yeah, uh, have a look around for that. You know. I'll I'll cool. put it up on Instagram and then Instagram will tell you when the website is up and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Nice one, Joan. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. There you go. That was a long one, I know. And uh, but Jen is such fun. I could just chat to her for ages. And you know, I was thinking I could edit some of that stuff out after listening back to it. You know, some stuff that I said that's maybe a little bit embarrassing, a bit kind of just having a bit of a laugh. But I actually, I'm trying to. I want to be myself. I like having a laugh. Even when I'm in class, I like having a bit of a laugh. I think life is too short to take yourself seriously. Take what you do seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. This this thing about being uh, a yoga guru, and I am very serious. I know everything, and everything has to be really serious. I'm not into that. I'm just practicing yoga, and I share yoga. And if, I, if we can have a bit of a laugh along the way, Great, I sound a bit like David Brent there, but <laughs> um, yes, anyway. So check out Jenny's classes, she's fantastic. And if you wanna check out my workshops or my events, you go to kevinboyyoga.ie and you can see that on July 27th, I've got the open day for the yoga teacher training with Yoga Hub, that's in Castle Knock. Free event at 3 p.m., it's Q&A, just come along, meet other people, ask your questions, bring your pad and pen. And then July 6th, which is this Saturday, handstand workshop in the elbow room in stony batter at two o'clock 
that's 29 euro and there are three spaces left 10% off for members of the elbow room as always this podcast is brought to you and sponsored by armor power and small changes on ecoactive wear for men i wear their gear it's i think it's it's good that when you buy clothes you think about where they came from how are they made these guys are blue sign certified so it's 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 legitimately uh, conscientiously, if I can say that word, sourced. So if you want to check out their gear and, and buy from them, which I'll get a tiny commission, which would be great, then it's um, go to om.com forward slash hashtag TYLP and you put in their promo code Kevin and you get 15% off your clothing. If you go to small changes, I don't get any commission, but you can just tell them that I said hello and uh, go down there and either John Conjure or soon to be Glass Nevin, their organic, eco-friendly, plant-based whole foods uh, store that do refills, juice bar, and all with a zero waste ethos, which uh, which is great, man. That's what it's all about. We only got one earth peeps. Let's look after it and each other, as Jerry Seinfeld would say. Oh, Jerry Springer. I don't know, which, whichever one it was. So that's all i have to say thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed share with your friends on your ig stories or you can do a review on itunes that really really helps look after yourselves keep in touch namaste